0: Hello, welcome, adventurers, to the Travel Log, a podcast in which I, Stephen Hoffer, my pronouns are he, him, and Lily Lavin, she, her, will be diving into the world of Faerun from the Dungeons and Dragons tabletop role playing game. We'll go area by area, town by town, to provide a background of canonical lore as well as suggestions on what type of counters you can run in the area or what type of character you can create whose background is based in the area. This week we're covering the Backlands, Lily. How do you feel about large-scale battles in D&D?
1: Well, I think the concept of them are pretty cool. Our last campaign, remember, it ended with kind of like a war, uh, the siege on Waterdeep. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we just handled it by doing a series of... Small but brutal encounters. Like, you guys were running into encounters against, like, you know, like 15 enemies, and we treated it as, like, kind of the way, like, Fire Emblem Mm -hmm. describes it. You know, we called your party, you know, like a strike force that's going in ahead on a flank to kind of explain why you're not encountering a thousand people. Yeah. Which I think makes a lot of sense. And I think it's a good way to handle it. I also think on a huge scale battle, Mm -hmm. even if we didn't explain it that way, if you've got, like, thousands of people fighting i think it makes sense to zoom in and be like here's five first five you know i think that's fine otherwise yeah yeah there is a section in the dmg about zooming out and doing like running war but it leaves a lot to be desired mm-hmm. and it's not the and it's not the greatest like it doesn't really give right. hard rules it gives like hey if you're gonna do this here's you know a page and a half on how to use our rules for it but the game is really not meant for that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there is a book called Kingdoms and Warfare yeah. by Matt Covill, oh, yeah. who everyone knows and loves. And it adds rules for this. Okay. And so if you were going to do, yeah, it's described as fifth edition supplement that introduces domain level play to your game, allowing players to become regents running a kingdom, a thieves guild, a bard college, whatever your domain is. And it has rules for mass war and combat that I've skimmed through it. But I've, mm. from what I skimmed, it was really good. And from what I've heard, it's really good. And whenever anyone asks about this, usually the main thing is to point them here. There's also another one called Strongholds and Followers. That's kind of a companion book also by Colville okay. that add rules for this. So I, I think it's super fun and it's kind of like a staple, you know, like when Aragorn goes and saves Gondor and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a very cool aspect of the kind of medieval fantasy fighting and like you know just an upscale it it does feel very epic to be fighting in a war over a place yeah um, more so than just like a small skirmish
1: exactly and the way the dmg says to handle it if i'm recalling correctly is you go like big screen do a few rolls zoom in do a skirmish right you know big screen do a few rolls zoom in do a skirmish and the kingdoms in warfare adds like actual full-on combat rules for your players to engage with vaguely on the same level of regular combat yeah
0: that's very cool and
1: yeah it is it's such a it's such a staple like helms deep i can't even imagine yeah i can't even imagine how we would (laughs) run helms deep
0: yeah if you just wanted to do helms deep as like a little like oh another guy becomes no 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 you have to like have a lot of moving parts but like feel impactful with what you're doing as players i think is a big part of it
1: yeah exactly
0: Tor of Swords. This granite upcropping stands just east of the most northeasterly loops that the ever twisting winding waters makes. Named for the quintet of Arunian blades entombed with the hill before the erection of the Standing Stone. This tour is often confused with the nearby Dungeon of Swords and hence rarely visited by adventurers. The hill once marked the northern border of the Halbrin, uh, the great. Hunting preserve of a long ago dwarven kingdom of Olgran. caverns hewn from the base of the Tor form Endar el-Glantor, the Sword Grotto, which serves as an abbey of Halia Brightaxe, the ablest swordswoman of Halia's hosts. Now wields the magic blades, for which the Tor is named, often clashing with the serpent folk who venture down from the hills to plunder the battlefields where dwarf warriors fell in ages past. Little dwarven tor of uh great ancient swords is pretty cool.
1: Dwarves, yeah, it's pretty cool. What is a tor? A lot of
0: places in in Faerun are described as being built on tors. I think it's like a, a raised tomb or like a hilled tomb,
1: a rocky pinnacle, a peak. Oh, there you go, a peak of a bear or rocky mountain or hill.
0: There you that go, that makes sense. Wyvern tor, yeah, yeah. I think it's cool, like if you had um. And a dwarven character that wanted to connect with like an ancient dwarven rites or like the the legends of the ancient dwarves to like have them come here and find an ancestral sword or some magic item or meet with this warrior of Axe and uh, get kind of like blessed by them. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. For explorers and adventurers who favor warmer climes than the far frigid reaches of the savage north. The backlands of the Sword Coast are the largest lawless monster-hunted frontier in western Faerun unless one goes as far south as the trackless jungles of Chult. Many adventurers and nobles who hunt monsters for sport come here to wet their blades and gather trophies' heads for their walls. The backlands are named for their occasion as seen by coast-dwelling humans. They consist of the sparsely settled by humankind lands east of Serpent's Tail Stream, the Forest of Worms, and the Trialta Hills, north of the river Reaching west of the desert of Arunak, and south of the Grey Peat Mountains. Once this area was covered by fertile farms that fed netheril, Netheril's ruins, said to be crammed with gem, gold, and magic, still lure opportunists to remote, perilous corners of the backlands every summer season. Today, the backlands hold the most powerful elven realm left in Faerun, Evereska, Grey Cloak Hills. They also hold the most fearsome monsters known to walk, slither, trot, or crawl openly in the realms.
1: Yeah, it's really funny looking at it on the map because it's just like, I don't know, this like mm-hmm. it's just this random chunk of grassland next to the desert. And I guess like Evaresca is there. The Marsh of yeah. Chilimber is like right there. And it's just like, what? Why is there so many monsters? Like, I wouldn't look at that and go, this place is infested with monsters. It's just like some patch of grass.
0: I guess it's because there is no, (laughs) there's no large human settlement nearby and the elves are, the largest settlement is the elves who really just are kind of isolationist and don't leave their mountain home. So there's no one to deal with the monsters so they just like they are the main prey they are the main yeah they're the main thing there so there's not like because near Waterdeep, there's a lot there's some grassland and stuff but that's been settled and that's been made into farms but here there's just no one to yeah. to hunt well there's people to hunt them but there's no one to like push them out.
1: There's also I mean there's there's Nahara right there too.
0: Yeah, um, they don't give crap about monsters.
1: <laughs> it's just it's just funny. I just you know, we always look at maps and go like, ooh, mountain region called Cloak Mantle <laughs> yeah. Peaks and you're like, what's there? And you're like, ooh, forest, what's mm-hmm. there? Marshland, what's there? Oh, swamp, I bet something cool really cool's there. I just, like, I never look at just, like, the patches of grass yes. and think, there's probably something cool there. So I kind of, I, I like yeah. it. I like that it's just, like, behind the tree out the hills, there's grass. <laughs> but the grass is scary. <laughs> yep. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, uh, like, it's very unassuming on the map. And mm. I kind of like that then you zoom in on it. And it's, like, actually... Terrifying. Yeah, exactly. I also think it'd be pretty funny if you got sent here on a quest to mm-hmm. I don't know, go into, you know, some looking for netheril gold, netheril treasures, whatever it is. You're here doing the dwarf stuff, you're looking for netheril stuff, you're looking to kill some monster and get some thing. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But you get sent here to do something, and you show up there, and there's just like a whole bunch of other adventuring parties. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, what is going on here? And they're like, Well, we were sent here to find the Netherese gem of the darkling. And you're like, well, wait, we were sent here to find the Netherese gem of the Darkling. Well, wait, who sent you? Well, John Silvertone from Waterdeep sent us? Ah, right. Well, you see, Jenna Himini from uh, Selgant sent us. (laughs) And then you look over there, and there's like a bunch of serpent folk that are like, Nahara sent us. Yeah, just everyone knows about it. Yeah, it says during the summer, like a whole bunch of people come here, right? So I think it'd be like kind of something that no one's ever experienced i'm sure well I mean, not no one but like a rare occurrence in D when you go on your quest and it turns out that a whole bunch of other people are doing it too it's kind of awkward yeah
0: that'd actually be really fun yeah i like that well do
1: we continue on together well no i don't really want to do this with people i don't know that that makes sense then um friendly competition
0: <laughs> looks at the rogue
1: yeah <laughs> Friendly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll work together for now. And like everyone grabs their (laughs) hidden dagger. I love that. The giants battle endlessly over the two rolling grasslands between the two areas. Gates are also abound. These permanent teleportational areas are often visible and may even be stranded in midair by the collapse of the buildings in which they were located. At least one such portal links Toriel with the Outer Plains where fiends such as Tanari dwell. Rumor whispers that the Elven Realms hold an entire network of gate, which the Fair Folk use to travel the realms. Most sages explain the presence of many monsters in the region and the flourishing game they live on, which would seem far too little to support such a huge number of roving teeth claws, but far too plentiful for those monsters to be eating much. Through the existence of the many gates that bring continual supplies of fresh beasts into the backlands from somewhere else. The traveler is advised to come well armed in a strong party of battle veterans whose ranks include both mages and priests of power. Reliable guides to the backlands are few, especially now that the Zentaram have begun to run caravans through the area from Yellowsnake Pass to the bases along the Delimber. These caravans are always hired away or killed off, or killed off many of the hunters who formerly roamed the areas
1: pretty cool yeah. i like the idea of if you need to plane hop but you don't have any spell to do that mm-hmm. yet becomes like this kind of like whole quest of going through the backlands trying to find the correct portal but they're like hard to find because they just look like little um you know like the way a mirage looks yeah yeah like when like a the road crests the hill like a shimmer but it's that but like mm-hmm. floating 50 feet up yeah that'd be really cool and and also you got to find the right one so maybe you got to find like in all the monsters right because of course you got to work your way through here so there's going to be a mm. whole bunch of encounters you know you're fighting off fiends you're fighting off aberrations you're fighting off monstrosities and you heard tale of one such creature who is capable of you know parlaying and so you have to go find the whatever it is like the arcanoloth that's there and you know give it what it wants to learn where the portal is yeah i think that could be a cool cool little quest. Make it a hard to find a little portal. I think it'd be
0: really cool to do like a kind of quest where you're hunting a beast. I don't know. You got like a ranger, you're hunting a certain beast for a certain monster parts or something, uh, or someone's hired you to kill this kind of a, a beast and you're tracking it. You're using wisdom checks. Maybe you have hunters mark up. Like you do this if you have like a survivalist character or a couple characters and have them track down the creature to a weird shimmer cool. Uh, and you have to hunt the creature into another plane that'd be pretty sweet too yeah
1: it'd also be a good place to um start a campaign mm. especially if it was like so you've already played a campaign or two in Toril and Faerun, and uh you know maybe you're now playing you know the fighter who was trained by two campaign ago's paladin who opened up a paladin order mm-hmm. maybe one player is playing like an ancestor of one of the past characters and you're playing in your version of Feran that has been shaped by your party doing quests right and i think it'd be really cool so you start off as little adventures with huge shoes to fill because of your ancestors or your former masters and mm-hmm. so you're going to prove yourself in the backlands where people go and fight mighty beasts and blah 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 And uh, you just get pulled through a portal, and that's the actual campaign, is you're now stuck in, like, Harakir, and you have to find your way out. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, I think that could be fun. And then finally you work your way back to Farron, and you're all, like, yeah, like Enzo coming (laughs) back from the internet in, uh in reboot in reboot like Enzo coming yeah. back from the internet you know you're all of a sudden you're all of a sudden you're grizzled and old you got an eye patch and you're smoking a cigar and you go back home and everyone's just like are you gonna make a name for yourself yet and you're just like excuse me <laughs> name for myself <laughs> I took down <laughs> the Duke, devil leader lord commander of Stygia <laughs> do you know who I am I killed Mephistopheles, <laughs> and everyone's like, "No, you didn't. Shut up." Last we heard, you were eating pie in your grandma's house. You'll never be like your grandfather. <laughs> and like on on Faerun, only like two days have passed. You know? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because the weird shift.
1: I think that'd be a pretty uh, fun little campaign to do.
0: Yeah, it'd be super fun. I I would take it too. Like you said, start a campaign there, and I think that's great. But you could also say you finish your game on Faerun. Your characters are level 14, 15, I don't know. They've just done the big bad and you're like, well, I don't want to make another favorite and big bad like they've just kind of done it but they still want to play their characters or that we still kind of like this world be like yeah let's take a hunt like you no know, you guys have done you've you've done your like you know post credit scene where you all have like new ventures going on but you all get together and you go on a hunting trip one day you go to the backlands you've heard there's really good hunting in these in these parts and then have them go through a portal and be like no now we're doing their level 15 to 20 like you know, nine hells or the B- abyss campaign, yeah.
1: yeah, that could be cool. I mean, that's the natural progression of all campaigns, though. Mm-hmm. Once you get, you know, seventh and eighth level spells, once you've dealt with the big bad evil guy that took seventh level spells, I mean, like, I feel like all high level campaigns just naturally go into plane hopping, yeah, because like once you get that high of a level, you want to use gate. Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing about that is once they're high enough level, like, why? just gate yourself back home. yeah that's true that's true there's you there, unless you fall through into a trap set by orcas who's made extra planar travel impossible then like you know once you're level 15 it's just getting trapped in another plane isn't anything you just cast gate and go home that's true that's true but it would still be i think this is a really good place to make it so that like because gate has some restrictions like if Tiamat doesn't want you gating or if Zariel doesn't want you casting gate to her layer of hell they can stop you from doing it mm. it explicitly says that in the spell whoever is the mm. whoever is the you know lord of the domain or the plane you're trying to go to can just stop you from doing it mm. and plane shift requires a very, very specific component for each plane of existence. So this would be a really cool place for your party if they, yeah, hit level 15 and you wanted a barrier to them getting to, you know, the far realm or something. They have to come here and, um, yeah. you know, hunt a beast into the portal, into the far realm. Yeah. That could be really cool.
0: Settlements in the backlands are few and saw so a place for the casual traveler. Those who enter the depths of this largely unexplored, trackless region must be prepared to forage for their food and fight more or less continuously to keep from becoming someone else's food. The safest area of the Backlands, if there can be said to be such thing, is along the borders of the Elven Holdings, Although hopeful predatory monsters gather there, and elves mount strong patrols, employing magical flight, spells and enchanted weapons, as well as battle skills to keep the area fairly clear. You do not welcome any non-elves into their realms, however.
1: Here's those uh, xenophobic elves again.
0: Yeah, it's this it's talking about Everaska, so it's like I, I like that as the kind of I guess survivalist campaign or showing your players how hard it is. It's like, yeah, maybe you could kill all the beasts here, but you'll kill a beast, fight another beast, You'll try to tent, but there'll still be there'll be night animals trying to eat you. Mm. And like, you want refuge? Yeah, you go up to the elves, and the elves are like, no, get the get away, get, get out of here.
1: Yeah.
0: Drawn Swords is a small village that occupies a solitary crag. The crag is located just east of the North Dark Wood and halfway between Hill's Edge. This is a very hard place to find on any map of Room. I'm trying to get this fixed. I'm trying to get someone to add it to... uh, their map? What, Drawn Swords? Drawn Swords, yeah. That's cool. Drawn Swords is named for several hard-fought battles here in the past, plus the vigilance that all who dwell there must maintain if they're to live long enough to see another morning. In the past, a combined human and elven force smashed an orc realm at this location. In another past battle, elves fought humans who were trying to colonize the area at the spot.
1: That's cool. You could have some Drawn Swords. I mean, it sounds like a nice little place to be a safe haven. If you're going through, like, a survivalist... If you're doing, like, a survivalist thing here in the Backlands, because you always need a safe haven, you know, and then your party has that kind of... Mm -hmm. Do we try and rest here, or do we push on through and risk running into encounters with some exhaustion but we could get to drawn swords yeah exactly kind of thing where it's like do we risk resting or do we try and push forward to the safe haven but also i think it has some cool if it's the site of old battles it's the perfect place to bring in a sword wraith mm. which are like they're dead soldiers That's who cool. for some reason or another feel they need to either continue protecting the place they're at or they feel their mission was not complete and they still need to vanquish the enemy that was there Mm. and they they're like dark reflections of the soldier that used to be there right so it's just like i don't know one day caravan of either a party of humans and elves or a party of orcs have recently stopped off in drawn swords and they're a decently sized band but they're friendly you know it's like a, a theater troupe of orcs But the second they got there, Mm. all of a sudden the city started being swarmed with elven and human sword wraiths who sensed the presence of this large group of orcs and came back up to be like, my duty must be completed you know, and started terrorizing the city because while they're coming to kill the orcs, they're also like, mm. you know, dark kind of insane reflections of what they used to be. So they can't tell friend from foe and they just start terrorizing everyone in town. Yeah. That could be, that could be a cool little uh, quest to have. It'd also be kind of cool if that happened. Like if you were running survivalist up here, maybe like the third time or the second time they go to Drawn Swords, you know, it's just like their safe haven has been, Um, corrupt by these uh, sword wraiths
0: that's cool yeah i like that like kind of yeah put them on their toe about their safe haven i feel like it'd also be a good spot because of this kind of like very hard to find place but also in the middle like it's defiant against this really dangerous landscape it might be a good spot to put like a famous warrior that they need to find who's been rumored to be dead or like a hermit kind of person you know who's just gone here to like fight until the day they die
1: yeah that'd be cool i think you could also like have you know they go and visit drawn swords right mm-hmm. and there's like i don't know something there i would add something cool to commemorate this battle you know there's like in the center of the village there's kind of a a hillock yeah and the hillock has a hundred swords stuck in it at the top mm, and so your party comes cool. here and obviously goes hey what the what's the deal with that and then they get explained yeah. that there was a great battle that lasted you know i don't know make up some cool you know a hundred days and a hundred nights whatever you think is cool between mm-hmm. combined forces of elven and human of elves and humans uh, against uh Roshalm the terrible and his band of orcs mm-hmm. and they learn that history right and then later you're going through the backlands and you run into this traveling theater troupe of orcs half orcs and you talk to them and they're just like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we're uh, chilling, just going through, you know, we're going to make a stop over at uh, Drawn Swords before we hit the Anarok Desert to do that real hard trek. And maybe when the orcs walk away, the party kind of go, hmm, doesn't that place have a weird history with orcs? And then next time they go back to Drawn Swords, it's taken over by sword wraiths because the orcs went there. And it's like, you know. Yeah yeah there was a very 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 slim chance of it happening but maybe the party could have stopped it if they had been like hey maybe don't go there
0: right yeah yeah if they had the insight yeah true yeah very very slim
1: to none chance (laughs) but it gives a nice i don't know foreshadowing to it you know
0: yeah exactly yeah a little aha moment from the distance the traveler will see a broken stone tower atop a steep crag the tower is surrounded by a ring of trees and a few unfenced cultivated plots the tower is an old robber king's keep, now partially in ruins. Robber knight. Robber knight's keep, now partially in ruins. The keep at the crest of the crag, called Sword's Keep, provides a lookout, a shelter for food stores, and an armory. Local farmers and hunters who dwell in stone and sod cottages on the steep slopes of the crag retreat here when beset by a large orc tribes, raiding trolls, and the like. The village numbers perhaps 80 folk, about 20 of whom are usually off hunting. The village keeps a a constant watch for approaching creatures of all sorts and can muster over 40 expert archers. The usual defense of this often attacked village is to fire volleys of arrows, retreat up the slopes to the next ring of cottages, fire all the arrows there, retreat again, and so on. A giant triple crossbow set up on the top surviving floor of the tower can hurl its bolts far enough to surprise many an enemy and hard enough to pierce three trolls standing one behind the other. Shafts are often set aflame before firing in order to illuminate the enemies attacking by night or to, stay, to slay trolls.
1: Okay, you know what my favorite part about this place is? What? It's like, hey, Sharon, we're on the backlands now. We got to start naming things in the backlands. Mm-hmm. And Sharon's like, Ugh, come on. I've been working double shifts all week here. We've got to do another place. Can't we just, like, do it tomorrow? Nah, boss says we need to name the backlands tonight. (laughs) All right, um, I don't know. Dungeon of Swords? That sounds medieval. All right. Yep, that's not enough, though. Okay, then there's, I don't know, Tor? That's a thing. Tor of Sword? Okay, and then we've got, um, I don't know. It needs a village. Drawn Sword, a village. And then i don't know grotto grotto's a thing grotto of swords is there too and i uh, hell with it let's just keep it going swords keep Does <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yep. all sound medieval right people playing this game like swords don't they <laughs> this is fine this is normal normal names for a player why is everything named after a sword here this everything's so swords. funny everything is sword swords. grotto sword keep <laughs> sword coast Tour of swords. Everything is dungeon swords. Dungeon of swords. <laughs> sword maiden running a place. This is so funny. Um, I'm sorry. I just.
0: You go there, you're like, man, you must have a good a lot of good swords, swordsmen around here. And they're like, no, actually, we've got a lot of good archers, though.
1: <laughs> they're like, no, we actually favor the axe. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't want to be too obvious about it. You know, we thought it would be a little obvious if we all wielded swords. So yeah. we decided to, you know, subvert expectations with our axes. <laughs> Oh, Sharon! We need to name the next one. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, this is this is sweet. I love the giant triple crossbow. That sounds so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. I also love them uh, lighting them on fire to uh, attack the trolls. Yeah. That's so cool. Because otherwise, they're just gonna keep getting back up. That makes a lot of sense. lot sense. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Why don't they fix it though? I don't know. <laughs> Why don't they fix it? If there's still people living, they don't here. got
0: time. They're trying to survive. They don't I mean, I mean, have time for all for day. I guess. <laughs> Okay
1: also why 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 haven't they walled
0: this city I know they really should wall the city <laughs> like well, what why, are they doing
1: why, why, why? <laughs> I think, okay you keep a watch And then what, you think you don't need the walls because everyone just runs to Swords Keep every time a monster appears? (laughs) You've got like a big bell that signals, you know, it's one for everybody wake up and it's uh, three for everybody get to Sword Keep. Holy shit, we're gonna die. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Build some walls, fix Sword Keep. What are you doing, axe-wielding people?
0: It's surprising that such a small, isolated village has an inn, but the place serves as a base for many adventuring bands and a group of guides and swords for hire. The importance of the village, the existence of the inn, and the inn's harper defenses and probable ownership are due to an ancient gate located in a room of its own on the ground floor of the old keep. The gate appears as a shimmering blue upright oval of silent dancing, cold fire, and leads to burdusk. This two-way portal operates continuously and allows regular supply shipments to reach the village. The gate also permits the constant passing back and forth of adventurers and hunters wanting to quickly reach the heart of the backlands or North Dark Wood, which offers splendid bear and stag hunting. You
1: know, I love the idea that like, you know, presumably some person was just like walking through yeah, and was like, hey, wait a second, wait a second, Megan, you see that? You see that there? Let's walk through that. I don't know what that is, but let's walk through that. And they walk through this portal and they just end up in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, Yeah, I guess we're building a city here. <laughs> yep,
0: I guess this is where <laughs> that's <laughs> gonna happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like people live here because there's a two way portal with Bedusk. You see, the thing is is Bedusk is not a hellhole filled with monsters, yeah. but this place is. But it has a portal to Bedusk. So classic place to build an inn in a village. Yep. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Megan's like, well wait, is that a horde of monsters running at us? And the guy's like, Eh, screw it. This is our place now. Let's build a let build an inn. We're harpers. Yeah. We can live wherever we want. This is where <laughs> let's start marketing it. Marketing it for adventures and sellswords. We'll we'll make a we'll make a gold piece or two.
0: This is where harpers send people that they have like in their witness protection programme. The people that they want to like <laughs> keep out of the eye of like the Zentarium or other people. Like, just send them to Send them into drawn swords, this, no one will look for them there.
1: This is this is where they send their Metro cops. Yeah. You know, they're like they're like, you know, it's not that you did something worthy of it's not that you did something worthy of your badge and your harp, but none of us like you after that. So uh we're repositioning you to drawn swords. <laughs> it's like just kick me out. No this is where this is where harpers no. go and when you meet them they're like yeah i'm totally a respected harper what are you talking about look at my badge i have i have all the authority yeah, exactly. of all the about? other harpers <laughs> don't question why i'm here it has nothing to do with me being awful you know, look, i can go to berdusk anytime i want okay <laughs> you don't even know
0: yotherin is a half-ruined farming village on the banks of the winding uh water and has been the traditional northern explorer's route into the backlands. Here are small skiffs from Borsker Bridge, although since that place has poisonings, fearful crews have left from Nahara instead, usually adventurers hoping to recover some of the lost magics of Netheril. About 60 folk herd sheep and cattle fish in the water and grow root crops to scratch out a living. Most travelers wonder why they're there at all and why the heart of the village consists of half a dozen grand stone houses, now roofless and fallen into ruin. The answer is the Baron of the Backlands. That butt of a hundred country jokes, such as, how did the Baron find out that water is boiling? Stuck his hand in the pot until he could say, yes, it's boiling now. (laughs) Over 80 summers ago, the warrior Zelleravian Fangshield." shield a successful mercenary from Alm, settled here and proclaimed himself the baron of the backlands. Zalaravian was a battle-hungry soul. His enthusiasm for burning and hacking when carrying out a commission began to make him too expensive for any of the merchants of Om to use, but they feared what he might do if they exiled him or left him penniless, unhired, within their boundaries. So they all contributed gold pieces to give him a treasury, gave him a title of baron and the money, and told him to go forth and settle the backlands of the Sword Coast to guarantee Aum access to the timber and ore there forever. Quickly, things started to go wrong. Orcs, hobgoblins, and worse swept down on the new settlement, a hard winter followed. A wizard who'd been sent out from Alm to keep an eye on Zalaravian decided that the baron had made too many mistakes and rash decisions. This man, or came to court one evening and bluntly told Zalaravian he was taking over. The baron responded by hurling a chair at the mage, felling him, and then challenging the groaning man to a fight. furious the wizard hurled a swarm of fireballs incinerating most of the courtiers around the baron who was in turn hurled out through a high window into the branches of a tree unconscious a great battle ensued to fell the wizard and all left dead save for zelravian who awoke and finally filled the wizard with arrows yathrin the village has remained to this day but the baron is long dead A bitter, battle-wild man, he began to raid all caravans and venturing bands he came across, always brutally slaughtering any wizards among them. For some ten years, the robber baron of Yathrin was feared man from end to end of the coastlands. No attack was too bold for him, no revenge too difficult. He followed victims who'd given him the slip as far away as the rooftop of Baldur's Gate, using the arsenal of magical weapons and devices he amassed to keep himself safe from the most sorceress attacks
1: see okay this guy this guy's a metro
0: Cop. <laughs> this, guy. <laughs> this guy
1: they're just like yeah um yeah we all still like you and we all totally want to keep giving you money so uh here we've got a really important job for you it's definitely not busy work very important we're gonna send you to this monster filled shithole where you're definitely not gonna die and you're gonna claim it for all.
0: yep
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah. legit job here also take this wizard <laughs> take this the wizard's sitting there being <laughs> the wizard's sitting there cuts <laughs> to the wizard and he's like scowling <laughs> and the wizard the wizard knows he's essentially being exiled obviously yeah
0: <laughs> but Arthur's is like yeah great
1: everyone else that's there is just like yeah this wizard's gonna kill the baron right <laughs> look at that look at that he's always scowling talking under his breath about how he's gonna kill the baron <laughs>
0: Uh, I, I-, I would keep this guy still alive though the Zelleravian and have him like your parties traveling along the roads around there or in the backlands and like one night at your camp a guy comes over like a grizzled looking old veteran with like burn marks on most of his face and just asks for a spot on your campfire and he like starts talking to you and he starts like questioning if any of you like are wizards and if you don't have any then he just like says like you know spends the night and says his goodbyes and leaves but then you start hearing about this mad person and who's like meets the description who's like a mass murderer and you're like, oh oh that was him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love this guy. I would do a copycat.
0: Oh yeah! Oh yeah. yeah! Yeah, that's cool.
1: Because like I don't know, some some things deserve to be in the past. Not all cool people can be alive now. That's fair. I like the I like the idea of a copycat because if the players get to uh, Yarthrain, which by the way, for some reason, I really like the name Yarthrain. Yeah, it's cool. They uh they can get there and they can see a statue and be like, wait a second, isn't that that guy that tried to kill us? Mm-hmm. And then they talk about it and they're like, what the heck is going on here? And you know, it's just some uh person that uses shape change oh, yeah. to turn into uh the baron you know they have like a potion of shape change addiction or something you know apologist juice or whatever and they're just convinced themselves they are the baron but they're not they're just like some person yeah yeah maybe they're a distant relative or something or maybe they're just someone who read the book and got possessed read a book and got possessed because uh, then you kind of get that like kind of like funky yeah. experience of everyone being like no that guy's dead you seeing like The remnants of his history in the city and being like well no he's not dead we just he just tried to kill us and everyone's like you're insane man you're crazy that guy's been dead for a hundred years and you're like you damn sheep farmers
0: (laughs) yeah yeah be like was that a ghost or what happened
1: yeah exactly i like that maybe maybe even it's like a it's like a group of people Mm, that are all all think they're the baron like the cult the cult of the baron of the yeah yeah (laughs) And so you just keep killing them, but they just keep coming back.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's actually really cool.
1: And you're just like, what is going on here? We keep killing this guy. You know, maybe they get stronger every time. And you're just like, we just keep killing this guy. And he just keeps coming back stronger. And so one day you, yeah, hunters mark him and follow him without him knowing. And you go to a place and you walk into like this, you know, this like underground cave or something. And you follow him in there. You send your familiar in. When you unwork out of your familiar, you're like, I don't even know what I did. Yes. <laughs> There's like 50 of the same like fat old man in there. Like, I don't even know what they were doing, but they're being weird.
0: Any adventurer who comes to Yarthrain is likely to see the Phantom of the Slain Lady Noble. She appears in darkness, a silver sword drawn in her hand, her long hair flowing about her shoulders, her gown torn away from one shoulder and her eyes sad. She seems to reappear to those who've seen her before as a warning of approaching foes or danger. If they're asleep, they awake abruptly, terrified by a nightmare in which the maiden's form, her eyes locked on theirs, melts away into brown bones sprawled atop gold coins underneath the earth somewhere. The haunting is commemorated in the name of the local inn and tavern, the Silver Blade. The central part of the blade at ground level is a dance floor and tap room, The Blade has gaming rooms and private meeting rooms upstairs in the central area. A huge silver-painted two-handed boar killer sword hangs on chains from the overhanging cedar shake roof over the front doors of the inn, here as a signboard. The sleeping wing of the Blade is surrounded by a small but pleasant garden, where in the summer, a fishpond and scattered birdseed provides pleasant watching for guests. For instance, are rustic, but food and staff are good. These distant-based bedchambers are cozy, clean, and quiet.
1: I love the idea of, like, wake up one of your party members with this phantom, melts into the ground, comes back up to another one, holding this silver sword, this slain noble. And so the party is just like, ah, well, holy shit, holy shit, everybody wake up, get ready for battle. They, you know, roll initiative, start screaming for everyone in the inn to wake up. There's a specter here, it's gonna kill us all, it's another sword phantom. <laughs> And then uh, someone comes up and he's like, "What? What are you screaming about?" There's a there's a woman with terrifying, sad eyes and a giant silver sword. And he's like, "Oh, you mean the Silver Phantom? Wow, good job! You got to see her. That's a you know that's something to write home about. You know that's a, that's a great experience for you. Tourist attraction." They turn around and they're like, everybody else goes to sleep. It's just tourists. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just tourists in the morning when you go down for stairs. They're like, ah, Phantom kind of scared you last (laughs) night, huh? You know, it's a lucky sighting to get woken up by the Phantom. Yeah. We we consider it like seeing a shooting star around here. (laughs)
0: Your party's just like shivering from like the adrenaline loss. Yeah.
1: And then they're like, we we consider it good luck, like a shooting star around here, but I am going to have to charge you 15 extra gold for waking us all <laughs> up in night. What do you mean? What do you mean? We could have warned you about her. That takes away all the fun.
0: <laughs> the Battle of Bones. In 1038 TR, the area of the backlands and the High Moor were controlled by a unified goblin and orc kingdom. They were careful with their expansion never drawing the ire of Cormier. The kingdom would have lived without incident if it were not for the heat and growth of the desert near the kingdom and encroaching on the kingdom of goblins and forcing them to abandon their eastern cities. This lack of water and food caused a desperation that a goblin commander seized and stoked his 20,000 fellows to war. The forces marched southeast to war on a land called Torgor's Triangle natural fortress of stone. The combined forces of human, dwarves, gnomes, halflings, and elves met this force with one of 140,000 souls. Two forces traded small blows until the first night, the goblins attacked, Dark Vision on their side. The battle brought up dust and smoke, making the battlefield no better than in the day. The fighting fell into complete chaos, no commander able to rally their troops. The battle ended with a third day, uh, with a retreat of human forces. Thirty thousand left wounded but alive. The goblin forces broke to forty thousand. The forces met again on the hill of Lost Souls. The goblins called on their fiends, called on fiends and tenari to aid their fight. This backfired, and the fiends killed indiscriminately in a blood rage, and the goblins were decimated.
1: I mean, that's what happens when you call up demons to help. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Point of clarification here for people who have only played 5e, back in the older editions, there was dark vision and there was low light vision. Mm-hmm. And so elves didn't have dark vision. They had low light vision because they lived by the moonlight. Right, right, right. And only only subterranean and cave-dwelling races, like drow, goblins, I'm unsure about dwarves, got true dark vision.
0: Yeah, I don't—because I remember reading a drizzt book, and the dwarves couldn't see as well as the drow.
1: Yeah, I think they also just had low-light vision. Like, only true yeah. subterranean races, like drow, had dark vision. Mm-hmm. Everyone else yeah. had low-light vision. Twilight vision is another way to say it. Right.
0: Well, yeah, and in the books—I don't know if this was the way it was in D&D— but in the <laughs> books, they always kind of describe dark vision as, like, seeing heat. It's like infrared, not infrared, but like heat.
1: Yeah, the drow dark vision is, the drow dark vision is infrared. Right, yeah. I don't know about the rest of races, but that's the uh mm. how the drows work at least. There's parts in those books of them like hiding their heat and stuff to be invisible.
0: That's yeah, cool. The battlefields of the Ball of Bones and Hill of Lost Souls are now plagued to this day with undead soldiers, ghosts of the dead, and other haunting presences.
1: Sword race. Yep,
0: sword race. You were talking about them earlier and I was like, oh, that's perfect. The area is greatly avoided by all but necromancers. A rose garden grew on the former spot of the triangle, the roses growing in the cracks of granite. It is said orcs return to the Hill of Lost Souls every year and reenact the Battles of Bones, one side playing the humans and the others playing the orc and goblin forces. A group of goblin people called Bone Miners dig into the former battlegrounds of the Battle of Bones to find buried and lost armor and weapons. Using scrap metal to trade or arm themselves if they really like what they find.
1: Okay, so your party's like crests a hill, right? Yeah. They crest a hill in this uh, kind of a more hill-filled craggy area of the backlands. They, The party crests the hill in front of you. Mm. You see 10 skeleton archers all turn and look at you. You didn't catch a glimpse of what they were doing. They seemed to be um, leaning over. But as you come, you instantly draw their attention in your plate mail. What do you do? Well, of course, we roll initiative. They roll initiative. They fight the skeletons. Halfway through the fight, a necromancer shows up and is like, what are you doing? (laughs) Why are you killing an innocent old man's helpers? Excuse me? Are these your skeletons to kill? I think not. <laughs> oh, what, 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 what kind of youngsters just walking in and killing a skeleton that doesn't even belong to you? What is this? And they're all like, um, "I'm sorry, this has never happened before." <laughs> you are, and he's like, well, "I am. I am Malkior, the necromancer of Cormier. I have come here to pick flowers." <laughs> and bones from underneath the earth and it's just like some nice old man necromancer you accidentally like killed five of his skeletons yeah. and he's like now you have to help me pick the flowers for what you just you have to replace those five skeletons for the day's work i can't reanimate them until tomorrow Fine i'm an old man <laughs> um, that's great and uh yeah i love that he's just a necromancer here digging up old bones using his uh skeletons as just like a you know wage uh, wage labor, <laughs> yeah. and then they're like, "So, what do you, what uh, what brought you, what brought you here into the place?" Well, usually I come here to collect bones and this unique flower that grows on the side of the battlefield. But this year, actually, I'm here because oh, oh, there's a great battle reenactment about to happen. <laughs> You're very lucky. You come with me, and we'll watch the orcs are going to do a fantastic show reenacting a. War (laughs) reenactment, and then the necromancer brings you, and then the necromancer goes. Not only is it a fun show, but the orcs often accidentally kill each other, (laughs) and orc zombies are the best zombies. I tell you, (laughs) it's ripe for the picking. They just leave them. They just leave them here. It would be
0: funny too with With with,
1: necromancer's dream.
0: With these bone miners, I would play them in with the necromancers. Of like, you go into this area um the like yeah the the battle of bones area or the hill of Lost souls and you f- see this little market tent like a weird tent set up and there's a bunch of necromancers like buying or like picking out or doing an auction of bones like the goblins like this skull and they're like oh i want it <laughs> it's the best skull i've seen yet I, <laughs> I love that
1: you find one of them and they're like they're like Excuse me, excuse me, would you buy this skeleton? It's the greatest skeleton I've found. <laughs> and the party's like, what What use would we have for a skeleton? Wait, you're a goblin. We Usually we kill goblins. Well, no, I'm just a merchant that sells well, corpses. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, who do you normally sell them to? Well, normally we sell them to the necromancers, but... <laughs> The orcs are reenacting their war tomorrow, and the necromancers are just gonna get free corpses from there. <laughs> and you're like, "This is a really weird economic thing yeah. going on here. What, what is this?" And they're like, "Once a year, we starve because the, the necromancers won't buy our bones." <laughs> you're like, "I." The goblins like ask you to go stop the war reenactment, yeah.
0: or make sure no one kills each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so you're sitting there like spamming. <laughs> yeah. heal. I'm trying to make no one die because you you feel for this goblin who's gonna give him have, disadvantage. You know, yeah, I love that. This goblin's gonna get like you know a month without food if these necromancers don't buy the bones. Yeah, and you're like poor <laughs> little goblin. What do do? You could just you 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 could just buy the bones. And they're like, mm, no, I think we're no, actually no. going to do something much more convoluted than that. We're a d and D party. <laughs> Nothing can be straightforward. <laughs> we're a and <D&D> D party. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry that this place has yeah, just become a meme this whole backlands <laughs> yeah, has just become much. a meme everything is just like what's what's here sword oh 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 i can't believe i didn't mention that that there was an inn another right inn now. that was sword named <laughs> yeah. the silver blade they're like okay we've used sword too many times what should we call this place um, blade
0: it's blade time
1: blade that's a good... We're, mix, we're mixing it up. We're mixing it up. Yeah, We're, we're, we're not naming everything <laughs> the same thing. We're mixing it up. Blade. Silver blade. It's different.
0: <laughs> Pellior's Prairie is a large land south of the Battle of Bones, a lush land of monsters and Wemmicks, our favorite. On the prairies, the Wemmics and a few humans hunt the ample bison, but so too do many rocks. newts have a tribe on the Hill of Lost Souls, Trying to stoke the dormant volcano alive once again.
1: That's cool. Rocks are terrifying. Mm-hmm. I
0: they're agree. They're
1: huge. They're scary. They hate dragons. Yeah. They're I like them. Yeah, the they're what are they called? The giants bred them to hate dragons. And I love that. Yeah. When I found that out, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, they're so much Fight. better than just yeah. huge birds.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Like they were like, yeah, bred by giants. It's such a cool Cool uh, backstory.
1: So now they hate... I think like, like there's got to be something there. Like rocks versus dragon quest line. Mm. There's got to be something yeah. there. You know, a dragon pays you to go kill a nest of rocks. But they're so scary. They're like village-sized birds. Yeah,
0: they're humongous. <laughs> Throughout Faerun, there's a legend that the great dragons have a graveyard, a place they go to die. The Well of Dragons, the hollow interior of an old volcano north of the Sunset Mountains and south of the Ballow Bones, is that graveyard. Until recently, its thousands of dragon skeletons were hidden from view by powerful spells and guarded by an undead shadow dragon called the Dire Dragon. The Cult of the Dragon learned of the Well of Dragons, made a pact of sorts with the Dire Dragon, then succeeded in embodying the magic that kept the guardian attached to Faerun. Instead of enjoying the easy access to the Charger trove the Cult of Dragon has encountered many serious resistance from members of several different factions. Interested parties include Dragonkin, who refused to plunder the resting place of the Great Dragons, Ti, newly arriving lesser dragons, and various parties of adventurers and sages who are intent on looting the remains. Despite resistance from many factions, the Cult built a fortress on the site, guarding the entrance to the subterranean hollows left by the volcano. Although most old dragons now go somewhere else to breathe their last, some still come to the Well of Dragons to bargain for their immortality. Within the Citadel and its underground levels, the cult has stored many treasures left by dying dragons. It also maintains a vast room called the Chamber of Ascension, where the ritual to transform a dragon into a Dracolich is performed. The Well The Well of Dragons is heavily guarded since it suffers continual attacks from fortune seekers, spies, and outraged dragons.
1: Okay, that's all sweet lore, and I love it. My idea, though, is... Mm-hmm. call to the dragon go away yeah so the necromancer is like well, was <laughs> <do> it? It? <laughs> 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 that a marvelous war reenactment it was great right and you're like yeah that was cool and then it's like well look i don't want to risk my skeletons so look also i don't have skeletons forget that i'm a necromancer can i pay you to escort me somewhere there's a lot of Bad guys here, and I'm a frail old man. And you're like, I guess. I mean, actually, no. I think you might be evil. And then the guy is like, Here's ten thousand gold. And the party's like, Oh yeah, okay, we'll do it. You take him to the well of dragons, and uh, you know, fight some bad guys. And then he rises up, ten dragon, <laughs> undead dragons, flies away, and goes, ah ha ha. And the party goes. <laughs> We just made a big bad evil guy, didn't we? Yeah, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to introduce this old man as not a necromancer for this to yeah. work. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I love the idea of someone paying you guys to be like, they're like an archaeologist or they're just an old man who wants to go see a famous site. Mm-hmm. But then the second you step foot there, they go like, you know, Malky <laughs> only bingus and 10 undead dragons rise. And the old man's like, ha, <laughs> ha,
0: <laughs> just flies out laughing like pretty hilarious that's yeah, pretty good
1: also though this this lore here is super cool too if you're running any kind of dragon campaign this mm-hmm. is gold
0: yeah very cool
1: old you know dragon graveyard that has a citadel there and a chamber to make draco liches so yeah, cool it's so cool Do you have a fight during the ceremony to make a draco lich oh yeah
0: that'd be cool trying to stop it as it's going on
1: yeah, but it's like halfway through the transformation and it's like shooting out random breath weapons here and there that you have to avoid.
0: Yeah, that'd be so cool. That'd be super cool. The Lord of the Well of Dragons is a human death knight named Nergoth Bladelord. His equal, the ceremonial master of the Well of Dragons, is the lich Vargo the Faceless. When he was human, Vargo used a ritual to infuse himself with the black dragon blood. His resultant powers focus on acid, and the black dragon of the wells are completely loyal to him. That's cool. wonder how he got the faceless part. (laughs) He's
1: got no face. Maybe. Um, Death knights are really cool. They are uh, lich paladin. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Paladin lich, CR 17, terrifying. You know, they got fifth level paladin spells and stuff. There's paladin lich. They're super cool there's one oh why can't i remember his name he's quite famous he uh has uh, a couple books written about him he's one of the lords in ravenloft one of the dark Mm -hmm. lords Mm, that's cool yeah he was like so paranoid that his wife he he cheats on his wife with some younger woman Mm -hmm. and then like she gets pregnant and then he's terrified that she's going to cheat on him with someone else and he's like ah and it makes him kill her and everyone else and then the uh dark powers were like yoink you're a dark lord now that was messed up man (laughs) yep (laughs) why you gotta be crazy like that and before that he was like a noble lawful good paladin who just succumbed to my wife is going to fuck other people syndrome
0: yeah to the (laughs) demand of dread with you
1: (laughs) so death knights are cool though i like them they're cool yeah
0: about a mile east of the pit amid wooded ravines and rocky outcrops there's an inn called the dire dragon the inn is all that remains of the half-elven village of Lady Dove, burned and laid to waste by the dire dragon. It's guarded by its namesake, all other dragonkind, and most brig- brigands by a powerful ward. This magical barrier teleports two gargoyles that, whenever the innkeeper commands. These guardians fight for the innkeeper with absolute loyalty. The ward also reflects back all breath weapons and drains life force from all dragons, even if they've adopted another form, and all who bear metal weapons. This small rustic stone inn is apt to be chilly and damp. It sees few guests, but has a certain charm. It is run by the greatest living sage on all matters of dragon kind, the Kelishite lady Yasandra de Lanthero. What brought her to this desolate spot was the chance to study the dragons using her very powerful scrying magic. The rooms here are tidy and insect-free, and each feature a lofty comforter of a different quilting powder to stave off the chill. Yajandra sets a good table of hearty food. She always appreciates the gift of good wine, beer, or liquor. Try her spicy frog stew.
1: Love it. Also, it's Lord Soth.
0: Lord Soth? When's Lord Soth?
1: is the Death Knight I was talking about. Oh, Lord Soth. Okay, cool. Who abandons a quest. Because he's like, my wife's going to cheat on me. And he goes back and looks at his son and goes, this isn't my son, and kills everyone. Oh. <laughs> and because he doesn't do his quest, a huge calamity happens uh, that yeah. he's held responsible for. Either way, yeah, I like this. This is cool. I think uh, she could be used in some sort of like, mm-hmm. if you're doing a quest that you need to find a gate, yeah, she can help you with her scrying, maybe. Um, she can do like wide shots of the land, yeah, right, um, to help you. But she'll only help you if you do stuff for her. So you got to run little small quests here for her. That's a nice way to keep Mm -hmm. it. If you're bringing your party here for a high level plane hop mission, then this is a nice way to bring back some little uh, old school D&D feel, maybe, you know, running little fetch quests for Yohandra while she scries for you.
0: Yeah. Well, I like her too. She's a, she's like a expert in dragons. If you had some sort of quest to go to the well of dragons or to fight like the cult of the dragon, have her as an ally in the fact that, like, she's not part of the Call of the Dragons, but she's like, don't kill, maybe she's like, don't kill the dragons that are there, yeah. like, or the, the wormlings because I want to study them or like, you know, she's, she's like, yeah, I'll support you in your fight against them. But like you, like, I'm putting a new restriction on you in order to keep my support
1: yeah yeah. i like her i think it's cool mm-hmm. nice little source of yeah i think it's really cool. secondary quests yeah yeah get dragon eggs while you're killing the cult of the dragon you know for every dragon egg you get i'll give you this but of course dragon eggs are really big so it's really hard to fight your way in and out with the dragon eggs without
0: breaking them yeah i also think because she's like a crazy powerful sage and like has these crazy wards i i like to play up her in as like the most eclectic group of people stay here like she's friends yeah. with like el minister and other like well-known wild uh, people because like you know it, it you need to be in the know to know that this is places there or even want to go there like who's traveling by this area to stay at the inn
1: you're sitting there having some food and you're like oh man this stew is so good what is this and she's like oh it's the spicy frog stew And, like, over in the back corner, there's, like, a grung or a bullywug that drops their spoon into the (laughs) stew with a look of horror on their face. They're like, what? Why didn't you tell me that when I ordered it? What the fuck, man? She's like, you didn't ask. I don't know.
0: Uh, I So we talked a lot about quest ideas, and and we're kind of getting to the end of the episode, but... Would you make any person from here from this area?
1: Like, I mean, dwarves still seem to be here, right? Yeah, yeah, dwarves could be. Or cool. Is that place or is that place destroyed?
0: No, there are dwarves here, and like, I think it would be cool. You could have maybe like an interesting orc here.
1: Like, I think the only I don't know, like this place is pretty decent for just if you're like I want my backstory to be I come from crap nowhere no one's ever heard of because a lot of people like that Mm -hmm. the classic first D &D character for everyone is i come from tiny place in the middle of nowhere don't worry about it yeah bad things happened there and i left um this is the perfect place for that because bad things happen here and it's tiny and (laughs) no one's ever heard of it yeah um and you can come back here and make it not terrible if you wanted when you're higher level otherwise i think yeah maybe an orc who um oh okay no perfect Character idea here. Okay. Oh well, before I say that, works goblins you play one of these bone people that fell through a portal Ooh, those yeah, bone yeah. goblins yeah. you slipped yeah, through a portal <laughs> ended up in verdusk yeah they were like where is this I've only ever been in the one place I'm a goblin I'm yeah. an adult and I'm six where are the bones um, <laughs> I'm a six-year-old adult and they're just like huh what are you doing here you're not a harper and then the goblin goes yes I am <laughs> and they go oh you're a new recruit yes I'm a new recruit that's right I'm that's a, a new recruit. Re- yes that's what I am I'm capitalizing on this right now new recruit mm. my name is halthar halthar
0: where's your bones where do you keep your bones
1: (laughs) yeah will you pay me in bones (laughs) the harpers are like oh yeah we'll pay you in bones um that'd be a good backstory or you died in the reenactment oh no of the war yeah right you're a half orc or a full orc you died in the reenactment of the war and then a necromancer brought you back to life but the reanimating messed up and you came back as a reborn instead of an actual thrall oh yeah
0: yeah it's really cool i like that yeah
1: done i think i think that's either that or you're a cult of the dragon member or ex mm-hmm. cult of the dragon member that works too mm, yeah that that could be cool you know you're like a i think either a drake warden or way of the ascended dragon monk who is an ex member of the Cult of the Dragon? You thought they were standing for something different. You got brought here. You looked in here and you went, "Yo, you're making dracoliches, dude! That's not the prophecy." I'm out of here. Yeah, you yeah. guys are doing some old misread of the prophecy. This is blasphemy. Or maybe you were Drake Warden or a way of the ascended dragon monk, and you were kind of like a tomb guard of the Well of Dragons. Like you lived in a citadel here and you tended to the dragons mm. during their last days. Like you kind of acted like a priest yeah. of Kellumvor, but for dragons. You know, you washed their scales, you read them books while they're about to yeah. die. These uh, you know you were palliative care to dragons. You also, you know, left offerings, took up the shrine, you were a monk at a dragon graveyard and then the cult of the dragon came in and kicked you out and killed everyone and desecrated everything you
0: knew and so now
1: you're traveling around to get the strength to go back and reclaim this holy site yeah
0: i i love that actually that's a really cool idea i like that a lot and you can have some maybe like offerings of bahomet like bahomet kind of entreats you quest or supports you in your quest yeah i think that'd be really cool i
1: would only play this in a specifically dragon themed campaign though because that's a very specific yeah, yeah, yep, yep, quest yep. line to force your dm to write in mm-hmm. um you know it involves culting of yeah. the dragon and going back to a place and all this huge stuff but in a dragon themed campaign that is a golden character concept i think
0: yeah i think that's really cool that's it for a dream today be careful on your travels where you hunt for game lest you become the hunted Next episode, we'll cover Hill's Edge and Chrom Orp. Thank you, Lily, for joining me. Yes. <laughs> Thank you also for the amazing cover art.
1: Ah, yes.
0: <laughs> and Blood Dust for the theme music, Around the Fire. You can find them on Bandcamp. Links in the description of the episode. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen podcasts, and have a great long rest.
1: And stop killing my skeletons. <laughs> Bye.